Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hello, I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and as always, I am so happy that you have joined me as we walk through how we as leaders use safety, both psychological and physical safety, in our everyday life, in our everyday work, to create the best experience that we can for our team, to create that core, to create that value in who we are as leaders through creating safety for our team. So anyway, glad you're with me. Let's jump in. I've got a lot to cover this week and really excited to do it. I know you're wondering, uh, as if this is going to be uh, actually put out around Friday, the day before that, I will hopefully have been at the Kentucky Safety Conference. Yeah, I'm going to be perfectly honest. This is well in advance, pre-recorded, because I'm not sure I'll have enough time to get everything the way I want to. But I'm looking forward to getting some interviews and getting those published. So just know I haven't forgot that. And yeah, this is a little bit pre-recorded to make sure that I don't miss putting out some great information that I found very, very interesting. So I want to follow up on last week. We talked about the explosion in Newburyport, Massachusetts, a small pharmaceutical plant. And there was a number of people hurt. There were tanks sent adjacently. And also a supervisor lost their life in the explosion. Last week, we talked more about how this organization, you could see the trend. And it wasn't just leading metrics. These were lagging metrics that led to an ultimate lagging metric of this explosion. Fires, OSHA fines, leadership issues that you could see where they were winning awards. And those rewards were then gone. More information has come out since that time. Not a ton of information, but there has been more information. And part of it is I wanted to look at the what the company said about the issue that they had and what the company, when they put out the, their 
information said the safety of our employees has always been and continues to be our top priority. We strive to follow the best practices and regulatory guidelines and have implemented safety protocols and procedures to prevent incidents like this from occurring. They further said, we are fully committed to working closely with the authorities and relevant agencies to determine the cause of the incident. Now, the second part of their statement I can agree with. Uh, they don't really have a choice at this point. They've had a pretty significant issue, and they're going to have plenty of help getting understanding of what happened. What bothers me is the first part of their statement. The safety of our employees has been and always will be our top priority. I'm pretty sure they proved that wrong, because in this article, they talk about more and more about the issues this site has had. PSM violations, fires, other minor and major issues with leadership that have shown that they don't care about safety. So what is interesting to me and what is disappointing to me is a company that would put out that kind of information at this point. When you look at an organization that has had a fatality and not just a fatality, but let's look at the past. Because I am not here to point fingers. I am not here to say that things, that anyone is perfect. When you look at a history of OSHA fines, fires, significant fires, and also other ex smaller explosions that didn't result in injuries or death. And then you suddenly have a big explosion that does result in injuries or death. I'm not sure that you can say that safety has been a priority, especially when some of the OSHA fines were a repeat or serious and they continue that you don't learn your, your lesson from a PSM fine. So you have a hazmat fine, you have a flammable material fine, and then you have a fire. Okay. Well, OSHA has come in and told you, you need to improve yourself. You may have done enough to abate it, and then you move forward and you have a fire. And then you have a smaller explosion a few year, a year later. And then you suddenly have this major catastrophe that results in people in the hospital and someone losing their life. And to be able to stand up and say, oh yes, safety is, we, we love safety. We are safety oriented. We believe in safety. Why? Why even say it? It looks good on paper when you read it until you look just, I mean, honestly, you don't have to look far beneath the surface to realize it's just lip service. And again, I don't want to point fingers, but that frustrates me as a safety professional who has dedicated the majority of their life and career to trying to make things better in the workplace for people. Have I always been successful not as much as I want to be. Of course not. I'm not satisfied. That's why I keep doing it is because I want to keep striving. I want to keep talking about it. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. First of all, I want to be able to sure that I can internalize and point the finger at myself first and say, have I done everything I can do? Not always. Do I always want to get better? Yes. And so I guess that's my own insecurity. They're speaking out loud that I know that there are so many moving parts in a safety program that you don't do it alone. It's an organizational effort. It's a team effort. It's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of complexity to create a really robust safety program. In this case, 
I'm not sure there was effort at all in to create anything of a safety program other than to stay out of jail. Maybe that was the safety program, and I'm being facetious, but was that the intent? I, I don't see anything that would indicate any effort, even when you look at the leadership awards that the organization had been winning. And I talked about this last week. They had a really nice trend of winning year after year after year of these leadership awards, and then they just disappeared. And then like 18 months, two years later, these safety issues start showing up, and they just keep escalating. Anywhere from OSHA fines to fires, explosions, and then now fatality. Where does it end? And why do you feel the need to put out some sort of fake statement that says, oh, yes, safety is number one. We love safety. We're going to wave the safety flag. And we've always waved the safety flag, except for those few years where we haven't. Uh, just don't say it. Just say, hey, we're going to participate in the, the findings and we're committed to changing. I think I would feel better about that as a safety professional than I would someone flat out just lying about commitment and lying about their ability to fulfill that commitment. Because maybe on paper that looks great, but you can see the effort there wasn't present. Let's continue this conversation as we come back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. TSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. We ended the first half back in Newburyport, Massachusetts, where a couple of weeks ago there was an explosion. I've read this from other safety bloggers and also some other safety podcasters who have the same, I guess, pet peeve that I do, that when you read after a catastrophe, after a major fatality, and especially from organizations that have had, and not even leading metrics, but they've had very strong indicators that their safety program is not where it should be that they then put out a, a statement to the media right after a huge catastrophe, whether it be a major explosion or a fire or an environmental issue or a safety issue, they all read very similar. And I guess it's just like one of those that uh, you go to any web page and you go, hey, we've had a catastrophe. What should we put in the news? And here's this blurb that just pops up time and time and time again. And all it says is that we are highly committed to safety and we're just amazed and shocked that something like this would happen. <sighs> no, that that is not the truth. And it's far from the truth. And I, I still am concerned and it still bothers me fundamentally. And as someone in the United States thinking that we would see that as okay, that we would see the fact that the company has 
blatantly said that we believe prophets are much more important than our people. And suddenly now we, that we've had this major issue, we suddenly are going to say, oh, no, we've always been committed. Even though, what does that mean? I guess maybe we're not defining. Maybe in their mind it was, that was commitment to safety that, man, if we hadn't been committed, we would have just uh, just let it burn down and burn the whole community. I don't know. I remember years and years ago, and this is, I guess, somewhat irrelevant, but this is what it reminds me of, is that David Letterman was doing a sketch, and this was back, gosh, 20 years ago, maybe more, when Toyota was having an issue where either the mat would get tangled up in the brakes or the brakes weren't working. It was still questionable what was happening, but they were having brake issues and cars were having accidents. And they had had an actor come out and pretend that they were the the CEO of Toyota. And his statement was, we're very sorry, we're embarrassed, we're going to fix this. And then someone in the crowd was, of course, it was a skit, but paid to kind of heckle him. And mainly what he said, his next statement was, fine then, you want to be that way? No brakes. We'll just quit putting brakes in our cars at all. Now see how you like it. And it was a big joke. But this is what it, what I think of, is that if that was safe, if that was your commitment to safety, geez, I'd hate to see if you didn't have a commitment to safety. Then what? No breaks for you. You just, <laughs> you have nothing. Good luck. <sighs> anyway, I want to move on to another story that I came across and that, that's new. And, and this came from a warehouse facility of uh, a young person who was killed uh, doing their job at an, a warehouse in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And again, I will post the, the link to the news story. Very unfortunate. The cause of death was blunt force injury to their head from an industrial accident. Uh, the investigator went on to find some information from social media saying that the person was trying to undo a jam that was in a conveyor belt that was overhead. So they'd used a one-man lift to raise themselves up and their hair allegedly became entangled into the conveyor belt, causing the injury. And this was a very large uh, area, very large, well-known company that had this happen to them. And it again comes back to that, what is the commitment to safety? How is the commitment to safety there? What does it look like? And in this case, a one-man lift should require training. It should require, most of the time, almost any boom lift, scissor lift, a lift of any kind, where a man is being lifted into the air, would require a hard hat. That's almost standard PPE. Now, of course, the PPE regulations are always, well, use what you need for overhead hazards if needed. In this case, almost always, you require a hard hat when operating this equipment. And even most manufacturers, when they're training, you will say, hey, we highly recommend the use of a hard hat while operating the style of equipment. From my history, I know that there are tools that can be used to unjam overhead. I also know that there should be some sort of energy control mechanism for whenever you're going to be in the danger zone of any mechanical equipment. And my guess is this was not an authorized lockout, just given an opinion. I've also seen in other organizations at other places where only maintenance would do manual unjamming, that if you couldn't use a tool that kept you out of harm's way, that you did not have to put yourself in any harm, and you could use a tool 
that would help unjam the issue that you would then use it. But if you couldn't, if it was more than that, you would call maintenance. They would do the appropriate hazard assessment. They would gear up in the PPE appropriately, and they would perform a lockout if need be. And most of the time, of course, it was very frowned upon to ever do a lockout because it was time consuming. So you would want to do the simpler issue. You'd want to try to get it because it's all about volume. And unfortunately, here we see where that led to a very unfortunate situation. And I'm sure more will come out as the investigation continues. But it continues with the idea of what is your commitment to safety? What is your attitude? What is your culture? Are we ever good enough? No. Are we always striving for better? We should be. And in this case, I it makes me sad to hear about preventable injuries, trending injuries, that you can see that we have an issue. We should be able to do something about it. There should be policies and procedures and practices and a culture and engineering especially that helps keep our team out of harm's way. And that's the most important thing we do every day as leaders is we protect our people from harm. And that's our goal. Mm, Tough. So I want to thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Coming up in August, I will be in Tennessee and Nashville with the Tennessee Safety Conference. And then also I've been invited to the Alert Media Safety Conference. That's coming up in early 2024. So already preparing for the next year of items that are coming up. I hope you'll be able to join me. If not, I'll have great information coming to you from those things. And again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your investment in the leadership and in the safety of your team and your people. And until next time we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.